story. Welcome back to another episode of Pilot Boys. My name is Caesar. Today I have a special guest. Name yourself. <laughs> <laughs> What's up, everybody? This is Eric Huerta. Eric is a friend. He's also part of the LA Taco team, which we both work for. Team Taco, in effect. You know what it is. So today we are doing. Is it Victor and Valentino? Or Victor and Valentino. The new Cartoon Network cartoon fairly new it came out in march yeah but it's so it started 2016 the pilot came out and then they redid it as a new show in 2019 Which you know it like reminded what? me of what they used to do like Billy and mandy yeah that's what i was gonna say cartoon network has is pretty consistent about like their process which is they'll line up a bunch of shorts and like let people watch them and then maybe like a year or two later Whatever they like or got good feedback on, we'll like put out as like a full show. Oh. So, do you know if this was released like online beforehand, or was it? Did it air? No, uh, I mean, because my girlfriend has like cable TV, and I still watch Cartoon Network. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I saw commercials for it, so I was like, "Oh, this is gonna be fucking dope!" Nice. And you know, and like when I'm interested in anything, like I think most most of us are. You know, you start Googling things about who's behind it, what's it going to be about. People were already, like, starting writing reviews because they were, you know, previewing it in places. Yeah. And the, the thing that I saw across the line that folks, you know, were talking about the show was comparing it to Gravity Falls. Okay. I could see that because yeah. it's very, like, eccentric. I mean, okay, so usually when I first started, I'll just ask, like, what was your first impression? But since we did two episodes this time around, because we did the original the pilot, pilot. It's from, like, 2016. And then we did the... 2019 version which i don't know if it's fair to call it a pilot because i feel like when you have an original thing like everything's at stake and then when you get to redo it yeah it's basically what they did um but how did you feel about both like i mean i'm i'm a big fan of this show because i'm mexican and this cartoon is all about like mexican mythology and lore and like i was telling you uh the show's up to like 11 episodes and i've seen them all and I'm just like, I'm just enamored with the show. We're all in. <laughs> I love it. This is like, this is my Coco. This is like, mm. you know, what everybody else is like, oh, not, when are we going to get like our Coco? Black Panther and all that? And I was like, this is my Black Panther. Did you not like Coco? I like Coco. It's your straight up Pixar movie. Mm, okay. So, you know, you know what you're getting, you know what it's going to be about. And, you know, they're, they're, they have to translate some shit to make it more universal. I felt like the original pilot, the 2016 one. Felt a little more like we got to make it more, you know, like these certain markers of Mexican culture. Yeah, it felt like that. I mean, which is, you know, it's it's so there's a lot of skulls. It's good. Yeah, it's good in that, like, there's such a lack of representation. There's such a hunger mm -hmm. for Latinos, especially in cartoons that it was great to see. But at the same time, it was just kind of like it seemed like Mexican 101 type shit. There was a chihuahua eating tacos. Yeah, which is, you know, 
<laughs> that's the two very, brothers, the two brothers, the two main characters. I I, I had I was just like, ee, I don't and know they, how that. Yeah, they, they they both run a taco stand. Yeah. <laughs> so I, I think that they. I mean, the 2019 version definitely seems like an improvement. Yeah, they're not like really going on the tropes as hard. Yeah. But they are getting into like the first episode is about Ali Briges, which if you've never seen one. It's these little, little like hand painted figures that have super meticulous designs to them, and if you saw Coco, then it's that big cat that's like super colorful and yeah, everything. The dog thing. Um, yeah, I'm. I was a big fan of these like little figures and artwork way before you know they started becoming popular. I have some of, of my own, so you know to see them like in the cartoon and kind of you know, and that's kind of the the formula of the show. They'll get into something. Where they're like, this is what it is, and that'll kick off the storyline, and yeah. they'll kind of give like an explainer of it, but then remix a couple of things. So I think the reason why I was a little like, I would my initial reaction to the the first one, the twenty sixteen one, was kind of like, Eesh. like of course they're going with that, <laughs> but it's a cartoon. Like with a cartoon, they always go with like very traditional like characteristics because you can't do like subtleties and cartoons especially like a not off the one. bat no so i mean I, I got what they were doing it but the, the second one seems like it's more polished they're like they're they're setting the tone for what direction they're gonna go in yeah so the general plot line of the first episodes the first two is just it's these two are they brothers they're brothers half brothers it's these two brothers who run like a family stand mm-hmm. and they live one with their grandma them, one of them valentino or victor so Victor is the mischievous one, and in the 2016 version, he comes across this alabrije chihuahua who just kind of lures them into the underworld, mm-hmm. and then they one of or what's his name, Victor and the other guy Valentino, God damn, his I brother, keep fucking forget his name, <laughs> Valentino. He gets he's gonna like this turn thing, into a sounds dead like person. the hot sauce, Valentina. Yeah, <laughs> I keep wanting to say the last the the guy's last name Diego Molando or whatever his name is. Oh, the director. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, uh, in the 2019 version, he basically, uh, it's it's the two brothers working at their family stand, and then they get introduced to the alebrijes that their their grandma has, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and then he break Victor breaks the alebrije and it unleashes like a spirit who's like a mischievous Loki type. So, how does it compare to, like, Cartoon Network's slate of, like, 11-minute shows? Oh, it's right in there. It's, like, like, like a is glove. It, is it up there for you, or is it, like... Oh, I mean, I I mean, I don't know about other folks, but I love the, the cartoons on Cartoon Network. I do, too. Because I grew up with them, and then, like, this these last couple of years, like, what they've been pumping out, you know, with, like, regular show. I fucking loved regular show. I was on Adventure Time, you know, since day one. And the best way I would explain these cartoons to people, and I still do, is it's cartoons by hipsters for hipsters. It's like Adult Swim for Kids. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, straight up. So the last couple of shows that like I've been watching that I've been really like noticing more differences, it's um, like Steven Universe, Craig of the Creek. You know, Steven Universe, I watched the first episode, I couldn't get into it. Really? I'm a, I was a big fan of Gravity Falls, a big fan of Adventure Time, big fan of regular show. But I tried to watch it. It just seemed too like kiddish. Nah, man. In it, a way that like the other two shows, didn't it, it kind of starts out that way. But um, once it gets going, it it gets good. I think it's. I just didn't. I was. I didn't like Steven. He's just kind of annoying. <laughs> <laughs> he can be, but I think that's part of the show too. Especially with like, because it was coming around when Adventure Time was like still on, 
So if you watch the Adventure Time, you know, the, the tone is way more different the first few years yeah. than when it starts getting all apocalyptic and serious, like toward the end. And Steven Universe is on that track. We're trying like, to get to like the. Yeah, because like the, the first lich. episode, he's all bummed out that like his favorite ice cream sandwich is yeah, not yeah. going to get moved get made anymore and then slowly it starts getting into like the the lich the the, the drama like the, the emotional connection everything yeah yeah adventure time was like it was one of those shows where like it's it was definitely team for kids but once you you know you you start watching it it was not at all for kids <laughs> no. it was like super, you know the other show like that dense. too is um we bear bears I heard about that. We Bear Bears fucks me up every time. That one's time. pretty recent, right? It's like 2015. Yeah, 2014. I think it only has like four or five seasons under the belt. Yeah. But it's funny because I'll be watching it and be like, hi, funny situation they got themselves into. And then like two episodes later, I'm like fucking about to cry because they get into some emotional shit about yeah. like, you know, the bears are like three brothers and they're like trying to stick together. And like when they do flashbacks when they were kids, you know, they're homeless and they're living in a box and all this other shit oh, and shit. going through trauma. Yeah. <laughs> well, I think that's why I really liked Gravity Falls because, I mean, Alex Hirsch, the guy who created it, he's he's no different than like what what, Ryan, what Rick and Morty is doing with like, what's that whose name? Uh, Penn uh, Ward. No, 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 not Penn Ward. Rick and Morty. Oh, the fucking the fucking two name? bros. Well, Dan Harmon's like a TV writer. Yeah. And then Justin Roiland, he's like a he's been doing cartoons for a while, but mm-hmm. they seem very much in the vein except they're not getting censored. And I know Alex Hirsch has talked about all the times that like Disney censored him when he was in oh, Gravity Falls. Different network, yeah. And even like they didn't even want to let him do the crossover between Rick and Morty cuz they're, <laughs> they're like really good friends. Justin Roiland and Alex Hirsch are like really good friends. So Rick was supposed to show up in Gravity Falls, and then Uncle Grunkle's dad was supposed there to Wasn't show there one episode Grunkle. where they showed up as ponies? Something like that. Yeah, I remember like watching that. <laughs> but yeah, but those shows, I think it's, I think you're, you're kind of right in that like it is kind of for hipsters, but it's also just like, it seemed like a renaissance at the time for like cartoons getting good again. Cause I feel like yeah. Cartoon Network shifted into like live action stuff for a bit, and it did not, no one was fucking with it. Didn't do good. And then, the like this the 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 short the animated shorts really really hit like Adventure Time was one that's, of the most to me that shows. that's always been their bread and butter yeah so I mean it it comes and goes whoever's in charge will make those though, decisions right? Adventure Time last yeah. year did you watch it Psh, all of it man I I'm fell like, off like season ten it's hard to keep up I I mean it's, it's just, it was just so much I just <laughs> that's didn't. why because <laughs> it's like damn but, but I got as far as like the flame princess and like, yeah I mean you can still go online and like watch it all but it's it's you got to be committed like know? it's like Game of Thrones now if you if you weren't down since like the first two three seasons trying to catch up now is like <sighs> good luck yeah I guess that's true so thematically the show kind of deals with like this like god of mischief I. What I always appreciate about cartoons is like the characterization has to be very strong and like very overt. Like Victor's this mischievous travieso kid. Yeah. And then uh Valentino is like this stickler. The opposite, yeah. Yeah, so like I feel like those those things for cartoons tropes work for it in some way. Mm-hmm. Like I feel like you have to have some tropes and it it always kind of works for it. And this one, I mean it, it seemed like and this isn't like an original thing necessarily like the the god of mischief coming out it seemed like beetlejuice or something they, like that they had to say his causing, name three times yeah that's causing <laughs> chaos how did you feel 
Because I felt like at least the 2016 version had more like cultural markers of like, you know, Mexicanidad. And this one felt less so. Like there was the quince and there was like a taco, you know, the, the alabrijos and, alabrijas and things like that. But it didn't feel as like directly Mexican. No. And I mean, and that goes back to not that they're, now they're pacing themselves. Like they got a show, they got episodes to spread out with. Some of the other episodes, like I was telling you earlier before we started recording, there's an episode where they bring out Juan Gabriel. Yeah. Because the grandma's having like her fifth quinceanera because she's 75 years old. <laughs> <laughs> there's another one where, you know, one of the brothers is possessed by an evil soccer player, oh, you okay. know, and then like it's just little things like that over and over again. Did you appreciate the like the toning down of like the cultural marker yeah i mean because to me it's just as you pointed out in in the 2016 pilot you know they're overt they're trying to hit the high points they're trying to get everybody invested in 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 the show so what better way than by showing people things that are familiar to them as tropes you know like dogs eating taco bell or like tacos you know the underworld all this other stuff yeah i'm curious to see i i I dig the show and I, i i like what they're going for I don't know if it was as funny as the other shows because I didn't like it's different because but at the same time like I feel like because they're so it's it, I, even doing this the first episode of like a 10 minute show is tough because it, they're constantly evolving like I remember Adventure Time would have shows that were like episodes about nothing like BMO yeah. just making like <laughs> a sandwich or something so I feel like something like this it's almost like uh it's almost like an anthology series. Like every episode seems disparate and like disconnected, but eventually, what they start to do is just make it like a serialized, yeah, like, connected no, two-part sure. episode. Because I, I think in the long run, I, once this the first season ends, I think that'll give it an overall more like structure of like all these like random things and supernatural things that have been going on that they've dealt with um, at different points of the in the show and different episodes. Are gonna point to like some bigger mystery. There was even a, an, an episode where they were playing loteria, oh, okay. and the la- loteria the characters came to life like Jumanji style. Do you see the like? Is this show a part of like a trend that you're seeing where like people who are in animation starting to like branch out and be more like cultural? Because I know George Gutierrez, right? He's working on a on a Mesoamerican he's, animated show. He's for done Netflix. his shows on Nickelodeon too, El Tigre. Yeah, he did El Tigre, and is that the only thing he did? Oh, he did Book of Life also, they, right? did, That was a movie, though, yeah. Do you feel like this is part of that? I fell off of the, like, cartoon circuit a little bit, so I don't really know if there's, like, cultural representation in cartoons there is, in that way. There is, for sure. It's starting, to me, it's super noticeable because the, the things I can point to are this show, Victor Valentino. Uh, before that, Craig of the Creek, like, the main character is, like, a cool, like, black kid. Okay. And then uh, We Bear Bears has a lot of people of color in it. Isn't Steven Universe has, like, some people of color. They're supposed to be people of color, right? I mean, but technically they're aliens, too, so. Oh, okay. <laughs> but they're you can see, like, what kind of ethnicity they're playing of out. color? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, because I feel like this, things like this, I mean, especially comics, too, it's kind of slow to the representation game. But, like, a lot of the people in animation are people of color, especially in L.A., because there's a lot of, like... Oh, my God. There's a lot of animators and there artists is, who You know, are the funny thing, I've come across a few, like graphic novels that are autobiographies of people moving from like some small town or whatever or like the east coast and coming to la to become animators i've seen like at least three no 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 just like people yeah i've seen three different like graphic novels about that 
<laughs> do you feel like it's good representation? Do you feel like um, it's it's nailing it, or do you feel like these shows aren't concerned with that? Uh, well, I think for when people have to take into account with me is I work at a nonprofit. I could be considered an activist, you know, somebody very quote unquote woke. So yeah, I'm, you could you could talk about. I mean, I guess I didn't introduce. I usually don't do intros because <laughs> I don't want I don't want to burden you with having to explain who you are. But what I do and who I am. You can, you, yeah, you can totally talk but, about. Uh, no, I mean, just in context, that's that's part of the world I'm I'm really in, and that's a big in, part yeah. of my life because that's my nonprofit job. So for me, you know, I'm always coming at it from this lens of like, what are the litmus tests for like a show? Um, you know, to hit all the high points of like, yeah, this is 100% authentic you know, genuine about what they're trying to do and not just a crash grab. And for shows like this, there's no getting around it. It's Cartoon Network. You know, at the end of the day, they're trying to make money. And, you know, just like other things like Coco, Book of Life, whatever, like the next, like even like the Yorona movie that just came out. Yeah. Or that dumb and Gina. Chicano movie the Chicano movie um, where they're trying to play off it as a superhero and uh, the... <laughs> whack Bala. Miss Bala with Gina Rodriguez there's gonna be like the really bad ones and then they're gonna be the, obviously the better ones and this is up there um, like we were when we were talking before we were looking at the, the staff credits and you know there's not a lot of people of color behind the scenes in terms of, like animators not even as voice actors or the writing cast but from what I'm seeing like at face value it, it's it's hitting all the marks for me okay I mean, as much well, as like what, something. What, what's, can, what are those marks for you? Because I'm Mexican and I know a lot about the, my culture and heritage and like the mythology. Um, I get all the references they're making with yeah, okay. Alibrijes. Like with the 2016 pilot, you know, they made a joke about these uh, two underworld um, skeletons called Meek and Tlan, which in Mexican mythology, that's one person who's the god of death and the underworld. And, you know, like again, the whole like thing with like there's an episode with Juan Gabriel. They're mm-hmm. playing Loteria. He like one of the brothers even has a jawbreaker that he calls Selena. No, oh, okay. So like to me I'm like, all right, this is not only hilarious, but you're making like the right references and like the right jokes. Mm. So I feel like I I put shows anything about Latinos under more scrutiny. Because I do too. <laughs> I want them to be good. Like we did uh the Sam Crow spit off the Mayans. Oh. And I feel like that show was kind of careless with representations of Latinos. Because not to say that, like, you know, hood representations have cemented, like, the idea of, like, the Latino gangster. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But I feel like shows like that and, like, the era we're in currently, like the Trump era, kind of solidifies the idea that, like, we're quote-unquote rapists and, like, drug peddlers. All things these, like, like whack-ass stereotypes. I mean, and of course, like, it's art and, like, you can't. You shouldn't limit art necessarily, but I do think that it's a little careless because Latinos fucking love Sam Crow. <laughs> it was like their bread and butter. It was such a, like, a big fucking show. So, like, of course, the Mayans was going to be super successful. It, like, broke records mm-hmm. for how many people watched it. Mm-hmm. So I feel like shows that center Latino characters, I, I put them under more scrutiny. You personally didn't like Vida. I thought it was a good show, but I have no no allegiance because it's too close to home. Yeah, yeah. So I get that. <laughs> but at the same time, like this show to me, I felt like it it didn't talk about like Latinidad or Me- Mexicanidad in a way where it felt like corny or like, hey, we're talking about representation. So I I I enjoyed that, and I also really like that they're just kind of like hanging out instead of like. 
being some, you know, some like grand gesture about how like they're we Mexican. Should, we should learn about Mexican culture. Yeah, but I also did kind of like, why did you put it in Mexico? Like, why not just put it in, you know, in, in the U.S.? Like, it's a U.S. show or it's a show about the U.S. people who are going to watch it mostly in the U.S. Mm-hmm. And you're putting mm-hmm. it in Mexico. I'm just like, I don't know. Like, I feel like. Well, to me, that, that lends that, itself to the story where if they were in Mexico, they would be more prone to like you know, encountering all these, like, superstitious myths and mythologies as opposed to being here in the U.S. I guess that's true. I, I just feel like the show is going to speak mostly to American Latinos. Yep. And American Latinos in seeing seeing this show in Mexico, it might not be as impactful. Of course, it's going to be impactful because there's always a hunger for And it's Latinos funny. It's genuinely yeah, funny. Yeah, and it's like an enjoyable show. But yeah, I was just a little like, there was something else that I was just kind of like, why would they would they put it there? I can't remember. Because that's where the oh, grandma okay. lives. I'm starting to see, the trend that I'm seeing is that like, there are certain markers that we've already talked about. The Sugar Skull is obviously one of them, mm-hmm. like the Day of the Dead. But I feel like Mesoamerican mythology is also really popular now. Like Mesoamerican kind of like exploring that. In like a new way, it's starting to, to pop up. I think George thanks Coco, Coco, <laughs> this is doing it. And it's not to, I don't, not to say that it's a bad thing, but I feel like that's well I starting mean, to be like the new that's frontier. that's what's been happening the last couple of years because of the movies and with especially here in LA. I can't speak for other yeah. cities and states, but Dia de los Muertos is popping. Like you you have so many like throughout all of October and like the first two weeks of November, you can go consistently every weekend to some day of the day event so you can go to like hollywood forever you can go to self-help graphics you know like there's even like smaller cities like in alhambra where they'll do like a community day for it and things like that and people are just exposed to it so much more what's your relationship to that did you celebrate it as a kid because i mean I, I didn't i didn't celebrate as a kid at all but i i never really did certain things like that no i mean i think for me growing up it was the same as you it was more about being around it and our family, you know, celebrating it and acknowledging in their own way, but never that like, oh, I learned this tradition from like my grandparents or my parents or mm-hmm. like it's been taught down to us, uh, you know, for generations. Just something that everybody does because it's that time of year. Would you consider that like more of like a pagan ritual? Like it's not, um, or is it I just mean, like a cultural thing? I mean, from for Mexicans, it's just a cultural thing because we've, it's been being done like before, like the conquest and all this other stuff. I even, when I was in community college, I took a, a Mesoamerican religion class that basically got into like the history of Day of the Dead and the symbology and everything. So it's been going on for as long as like people in Mexico have been living. And the thing that for me that I've noticed, just because I'm all over the place in terms of like my viewing habits of shows and anime and cartoons is, that you know it's almost this universal uh aspect of how life i mean how death is viewed um outside of like western christianity culture because mm. and one of the like, the first things i noticed with day of the dead once it started getting outside of my own culture is that in japan they have the similar celebrations where it's usually tied to seasons because of harvest and the moons like shinto religion uh yeah i think so but this is where it's like the end of summer and they send the the 
the little boats with like candles on them so like yeah. you can guide the spirits i didn't mean to, i didn't mean pagan as like an insult it's just like a, a phrase but it's definitely like a a native surviving tradition yeah that so something that's exists. been like super but super I think, out there i mean this is just the cynic in me but i feel like it's been commodified to a point where like it has it's more <laughs> about symbology or like even objects than it is it's about. christmas it's the, it's on the level of christmas you know and halloween I mean? so dude. that's why i i, I kind of wince when i see i do it's too everywhere it's i do too everywhere and but i can't knock it because i don't i, I never grew up celebrating it but th- see that's the other thing too as much as i hate you know the commercialization of it and appropriation and it's very frustrating when something that's very personal to you is being like like misinterpreted and just like abused by outsiders um you do get cool things like this like where you get like sugar skull socks yeah <laughs> i mean they, they look dope i'm not gonna lie I, but i just feel like that's like we've moved on from like the chihuahua representation to like the sugar score representation which is a big step yep. and i'm glad for that but i feel like that's that's if you're gonna be in mexico like i'm thinking of skyfall for some reason when fucking uh, yeah what's his face when james bond was in mexico and it was just like the day for the movie they made a parade which doesn't happen but then like everybody liked it and had so much fun that they made that a thing so i'm just like yeah like Like, i get it i get it but at the same time just like why 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 not um why not man see i think for me the the biggest thing is that because i have a, a so much a much more deeper understanding of it outside of like what my family practice or you know showed me because i went out of my way to learn it and i'm I'm also been around community members who you know treat it as a tradition and something that's you know sacred to them that you know i i get my fulfillment of like yes this is you know something you know to honor our ancestors to honor our family to get that that genuineness of it and then i'm I'm not go walk around hollywood i'm not knocking the celebration i'm knocking the fact that it's become almost like shorthand for being mexican yeah and that's annoying because it's just it's the new i mean again it's not comparable but it's the new like chihuahua yeah dude the first time i but saw I, this when I was, I was in the bay like the early 2000s and i was in the mission for day of the dead yeah and i saw all like the white hips just dressing up and just like using it as an excuse to go get yeah. drunk i mean it is also better than like the sombrero but <laughs> i don't know if that'll ever go away if um, it does i'll bring it back <laughs> Is there something else that stuck out to you thematically that you want to go over? It's a short show, so like it's I, a short show, so I like that. I like the formula of eleven minutes. It's super bite size, which also means the pacing of the show is really good. So they'll get right into the, like the you know whatever the problem is, and they have to fix it or whatever lesson and is going to be learned on that episode. Yeah, I mean, because if that's it, we could just end, we could just go into the ratings because I, it's hard to like extrapolate a big theme. Because it's just like two brothers hanging out. One of them's the good one. One of them's the bad one. Yeah. And then they just kind of fix. Everything's fixed. And in, in the lesson episode. is learned at the end by yeah. one of the brothers. Whoever but I mean, that's, like started that, it off. Television. I think. Okay. So I feel two ways about mainstreaming. Like traditional storytelling. But you just replace the characters with representation. I feel a way about that. Because it's just like you, you didn't like localize them as that culture all you did was just switch them out yeah but at the same time like it's good to see that centering one valentino's like a chubby kid and <laughs> I, I never saw like a main character chubby kid as a, as a, as a chubby kid i never Notice saw a chubby kid. Up. so it was yeah. like 
it was entertaining to watch, but also like it's good to see. Dan Harmon talks about how like he used to Dan Harmon, the guy who created Community. He used to get into fights with like studio heads who didn't grow up watching TV, and it's because TV they weren't raised by TV the way that some of us were. Like TV no. was TV raised us in a way where like we would watch things and we'd get our morals from there and things like that. That's me. So what I like about seeing this show is that like it's a self-contained thing. You get a moral at the end. You get like everything's wrapped up. But it's about people who look like us. Yeah. So I think that's that's one of the benefits of mainstreaming, like traditional tropes, traditional formulaic stories, like cyclical, you know. It's by the numbers, but here's like a few things that shifted around to make it familiar. But it's good to see it localize in our culture in a way that doesn't it's not like super shitty representation. Because that, I mean, that's all you can really ask it for. It could sometimes. go there like super easily, too. Yeah. I feel like the first step, the, the 2006, 16 episode did that a little more where it leaned into that but i can't be mad at the dude for doing that because i feel like in order to sell the show because ultimately that's he wants to create art but at the same time like he wants it to be on so he has to create he has restrictions to work with you know things that people are going to be able to understand and to sell the show eventually but yeah that's generally how i feel about it how would you how would you rate the show we, we usually do I started it when when we first started. It was just like a dumb thing. <laughs> it was like one through five broken TVs. That's just like the marker. Not it's not a bad rating. You can rate it wherever you want. Like, well, one would be bad, right? Yeah, obviously but one I mean, would be bad, and then five is is good. It's a five for me, man. This is my show. This five is, all the way. This is me all day, every day. Okay. Why? Why? What makes it a five for you? Give us context as to what makes us a five and what so, other shows, like cartoon shows, aren't. So hopefully, from like listening to this, folks, go out and watch it and watch. You know, most of the episodes that are available, however you can watch them. And for me, it's it's in that watching all of them and then you get to see the different things that does it for me. So I already mentioned, you know, how in one episode there's like they're playing Loteria and then it turns into like a Jumanji situation. Oh, nice. So to, so to me, I'm like, oh, that's totally hilarious because I, I totally understand what they're doing. And, you know, I've never seen Loteria being played and like yeah. like that. Um, so it was like a cool spin on that. The whole Juan Gabriel thing too was like, oh, you're totally like doing that right now, no. and you do it in a, in a funny way. Uh, the jawbreaker that is named Selena, like they had other things like skateboarding. So for me, it's those much like the other shows, like Adventure Time, regular show, We Bear Bears. There's always like those underlining like inside jokes, insider references. Uh, regular show was basically all of that. Where like you know. They were referencing other movies and TV shows like Jurassic Park or shit like that. So that's the and you know somebody who grew up on The Simpsons on the good seasons uh, when it was on like at <laughs> seven and like eleven on weeknights twice a twice a day and I'd be watching both those times. I'm of that school of like the subtleties and the references and the inside jokes and like yeah. the wink wink nod nod kind of stuff. Okay, so you'd go five. Yeah. Okay. I feel like I might have shot my load a little too soon. <laughs> Basically, what I said about like enjoying like formulaic TV, and I'm not upset about it when it's cartoons because I feel like cartoons you have to create digestible episodes and kind of self. And I mean, episodes. and at the end of the day, these are for kids. They're not yeah. for like 34 year olds. They're not for like <laughs> losers who record podcasts about a cartoon show. <laughs> so yeah, I enjoyed the fact that. They improved the idea that they had and like refined it. 
for the time. I mean, some of the stuff in the 2016, not to say that 2016 was that long ago, but they really were just like, yeah, some of the stuff might not fly ago, the yeah. same way. So they improved it in, in some good ways, but also like it was just, I think the characters are fun to watch. And I see myself, like, if I watched this as a kid, this probably would have been my favorite show. Mm-hmm. Like, Spongebob was one of my favorite shows when I was a kid. And mm-hmm. I, now that I think about it, Spongebob was definitely fell into, like, the 10-minute formula. It was just, yeah. you got two, you got a Dude, two I mean, like, one of my favorite episodes where they have Pantera on the show. They had Pantera on the show? With the, the pre-hibernation week. The oh. song that's playing every time they're, like, doing crazy shit, that's yeah, yeah. Pantera. Oh, wow. <laughs> Even on the opening, they're like, with special musical guest Pantera. Nice. <laughs> But yeah, I think this show is like speaking to the kid inside me who like really liked cartoons and to to add to your idea of like Adventure Time is hipster is cartoons for hipsters. I feel like it's if it's comedy, it's like alt version comedy cartoons hmm. instead of like being, you know, like traditional comedic like stand up. Yeah. It's more like alt sketch shows like UCVB or whatever kind of stuff. Cuz there's there's so much like weirdness that you just have to accept and suspend disbelief when you're watching like regular show Adventure Time. Yeah. And I feel like this show demands that a little bit too, that you're just like, all right, this is going to be a little weird. Don't take it too serious. But you'll you'll enjoy it. Yeah. So yeah, for me, it'd probably be like 3.8, maybe like a 4. Almost I a liked four. it. <laughs> maybe we got to watch the rest of it. Yeah, I feel, I feel like <laughs> I asked you before we recorded this. I was like, should we do three episodes? Like the anime rule where like you have to watch the first three episodes in order to know that mm. it's good. Because for most animes, it's rare that the pilot is like really good. Because I mean, they don't do pilots. Obviously, they usually give them like no. I mean, season it's run. already built on existing material that it's already banging. Yeah. So now they're just trying to fine tune the animation and get it right. Yeah. But yeah. So how long do you see this show going for? I read, you know, when I started watching it and I started doing my googling of like articles and things like that. I saw a lot of hype behind it like on the la times deadspin like a bunch of other you know entertainment sites and more or less they all like you know in their own way told the same story of like oh like look at this guy he's the what, what's the name of the director I forgot his diego name. molando i think yeah so the director and one of the voice actors uh diego molano who did like powerpuff girls um okay ko and like a couple other cartoon he network did china shows. china illinois and then he also También. did uh that other Adult Swim show. I, when people do Adult Swim shows, I just have like instant <laughs> respect for them because it's so hard. Because it's get. hard to get in. They're Black Dynamite. Yeah, there you go, Black Dynamite. So you know the guy has his like proven butter, and he's been obviously like grinding yeah. out there and like just biding his time to get his show out there. And this is his baby, so um, he seems like super genuine and excited about it. On the tip of like representation, you know, sharing his culture. You know, all that stuff about, like, the mythology and, like, letting folks see themselves in it. So, for me, I'm I'm excited to kind of ask my friends that are parents if they've seen the show with their kids or if their kids have seen it. Because a lot of times on my social media, I'll post that I'm watching something. And those are the folks they'll, you know, reply back and be like, oh, shit, my kid fucks with that show. Nice. Like, they really like it. So, yeah. you know, hopefully I'll start seeing some of that. And I think that, for me, will prove, like, if my friends with kids you know start fucking with that show then it'll probably have like a longer shelf life so how many seasons do you think it's gonna go i don't want to jinx it (laughs) i want i don't i mean fuck the adventure time was what like around like thousand seasons (laughs) fucking 18 million seasons (laughs) on top of the comics and all this other stuff but at the end did it stay good 
It stayed better. It got really? better. It got better with age, man. I really liked it. I just, it was just, it just, I was just like, damn, Cause I, I have like 50 episodes to watch. I'm not going to be able to It's a lot. Because um, it got really good, you know, toward the middle and toward the end. But I, I was a big fan of the slapstick, like super bonkers comedy of like, I'm a boom, boom baby. Yeah, yeah. I'm afraid of water. All this like slapstick shit. Okay. So with this show, I, I kind of see it going the same direction of like the Craig of the Creek. Uh, we bear bears where it's just gonna keep like chugging along all those shows you just mentioned are they still on they're still on okay so you know then each one each of those shows has like a couple of seasons under them so i see it going in that direction where it'll probably be good you know for a couple of seasons and then that's it it'll just probably end i feel like this show i mean i know you don't want to give i know you don't want to give your answer as to how many seasons i'm usually like the kind of conservative (laughs) like I, i think that it might do well. I think that this show, which we didn't even talk about, but this show is probably like a result of Coco. Like the it reason is. why it to got me it is. Lit, the reason why like people are resonating like, with it. Cartoon it's, Network saw, whoa, they're in the billions. Yeah, we need our own shit. Where's the Latino guy we have on staff? You know, <laughs> like, didn't we? Didn't we not approve a pilot not too long to, ago? That mean that that goes back to you, like you know, talking about how. Day of the Dead is now the, the new thing that people point to when it comes to, like, Mexican identity. Yeah. Well, now, I mean, and by default, like, any kind of Latin American identity. And Okay, so if this is a product of Coco, which we agree that it is, is that a good or bad thing? It's the same as Coco. It's good and bad. Okay. Because we'll in, in Coco, you know, you get your standard Pixar formula where you get the storytelling and emotional ties to the characters and overarching you know, moral story, which hits the heartstrings and hits, you know, people's like hearts, you know, to be attached to it. But then you got like some really fucked up concepts where people are taking things they don't understand and then just trying to twist them to fit what they're trying to do. So with Coco, one of the things they got called out for in my circles was like, fuck that. Death doesn't have a border. What kind of fucked up shit is that? Mm, okay. I see that. See, I didn't even think about that. I think sometimes, I don't know. So I, 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 Go back and forth between this, and maybe I'll get called out for doing this, but <laughs> I try to suspend, like, I'll give you an example. When I'm watching things, I try to, like, suspend my beliefs for a little bit, and then at the end of it, I'll, I'll be like, I'll come back to life. Yeah. I watched Three Billboards. I went to, I was in Denver, and I watched Three Billboards. I saw that, too. I, I thought was it, super, I, was I went into it going thinking it was a comedy. Well, okay, so that's the thing. So I was a big fan of Martin McDonough, like the the director. I love Seven Psychopaths. I love yeah, yeah, yeah. I was a big fan of the director, and I was like, I can't wait for his next movie. The movie gets announced, and like it's doing really well in like the you know the the independent circuit, like the the festival circuit. And I was excited to watch it. I watch it, and I was like perhaps altered at the time in Denver, (laughs) and I really enjoyed the movie. I thought it was good, and then like. I I put out like a review and like I really enjoyed it and then all the hate started coming. Was, Wait, where did you put it out? The I just review? put it on like a blog. Okay. Just like my blog. And I was just like, yeah, like I'm one of those people that like if someone brings up a critique of something, I'll always live with it and see like if I agree with it or not. But if, as soon as someone says something, I'll consider it and I'll I'll like live with it and then like I don't know if I agree with that. Okay. But when people started to to bring up like all the critiques, especially like black people or people of color, they're just like, yeah, the movie is like a fucking it's a joke to like what the South really is. Like it doesn't it it's it literally is almost like an anthropological 
explanation, like an alien explaining what the South is. Because it's, it's an Irish dude explaining, you know, racial dynamics in the South. So that was, that was one of those times where, like, I changed my opinion. So I'm trying to figure out if Coco is like that. I really loved Coco when I first watched it. And it was because there's really nothing that I can point to, in, especially in animation or just in general, that reached that level that it did. So I give it props for that. But yeah, I mean, I'm not going to say that it's without its issues because I went into the movie wanting to not like it because I hated the fact that he oh. was, I hated the fact that he was just like a kid playing guitar. And I was like, of course, they're going to make like a Mexican kid sing yeah. on the acoustic guitar. But I really enjoyed it. And I think, I mean, it's it's Pixar's formula. They understand how to like create characters and how to, how to get you to relate Character to Character development and all of that. But I didn't even think about the... The, like, border thing. Mm-hmm. And even before that, like, two years before Coco got off the ground, Disney was trying to trademark Day of the Dead. Really? Yeah. So, like, you know, local Chicanos out here in Los Angeles, Laro Alcaraz and Gustavo Rellano, caught wind of that, and, like, they turned it into, like, a whole, you know, sign this petition kind of campaign mm. where it got enough people mad that, you know, Disney... Well, Lalo was worked on Coco, didn't it? So that's what ended up happening because of the ruckus they started and like the, all the yelling they caused. Well, La- uh, Lalo, they brought they got brought on. Lalo is Lalo. What's his last name? Alcaraz, the cartoonist. He, yeah, he's a cartoonist who does uh, La Cucaracha. Talk, La Cucaracha. He has a show on uh, KPFK. Nice. What is? It's an anime show. No, a uh, talk show. Uh, Pochwa World Power. Oh, I did not know that. I met him once, but I didn't. I didn't know all like his career. So. After the petition, he got hired on. To I mean, it wasn't a literal petition. I'm just saying, like, he like got enough online, people mad, gotcha, yeah, gotcha, gotcha. to like cause an online social media uh, hate campaign that got Disney to drop it. And then hate. when they did start, you know, moving forward with it, they brought both of them on. Gustavo worked on, on yeah, nice. So they have allegiance, like, or do they have? Do they like the movie, or do they still? I mean, because they it? they got brought on and they were brought on as consultants for like you know, cultural accuracy and, like, a bunch of other things that I don't remember, um, you know, they were invested in it and they were, like, all about it, like, 100%. Okay. I get that. But, yeah, so going back to how long I think it's going to last, because I, I, I totally forgot to talk about the Coco thing. I think that the show, I want it to, to last long because I want to see, like, little brown kids identify <laughs> with what's on screen. I, I want it to last long enough for it to be, like, have toys. Right? That'd be dope. <laughs> or like Funko Pop. <laughs> They're probably, I mean, if I think of the last three seasons, they'll probably put some Funkos out. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I probably, I'll say four seasons as like a conservative. That's pretty good. That's pretty good because they pump these things out. Like they do two seasons a year. I mean, year, and it's much. still animation. I mean, it's not like, you know, they're in a sweatshop and everything's being hand drawn, but still that's fucking time consuming. Yeah, but they do like I well I don't know I don't know if I remember this right but they used to do like sixty episode seasons or something yeah, like that yeah super fucking long and they would run like they would take like three months off and just put the next season mm-hmm. I mean a lot of it does the, the labor gets outsourced to like North Korea yeah not North Korea just Korea in general North Korea because <laughs> <laughs> I was like yo you know they have like some ridiculous schedule for yeah. production and I'm like where are all these animators coming from and a lot of it gets outsourced. Yeah. I remember, I know Boondocks got outsourced to Korean. Oh, this is like animated. the last season, right? Yeah. yeah. Well, the last season, the Aaron Magruder wasn't even involved. He was like, fuck this show. Yeah, because he was just like, I'm not. In, like, Carl Jones either wasn't involved. Tampoco. Yeah. But, uh, I mean, that that show was fucking great. I, I miss that show so much. But, um, so yeah, so I'll, I'll go with four seasons. 
and that's pretty much it. The last thing we do on the podcast is I, because because when we first started it, we would just literally talk about what we'd watch in the beginning, and I was like, people probably don't care. So what I do now is I just do like plug what you, I mean, you can plug your socials, things like that, whatever. But more importantly, like plug what you've been watching, like what resonated mm. you with this week. I mean, we talked about Game of Thrones a little bit. I don't know if you want to. Yeah, have I mean, a, I'm, have a Thrones talk. I'm like most folks. I'm on the on the Game of Thrones boat. Same. Caught up watching the the new episodes as they come out, being horribly shocked at the things that they're doing with characters, but then also be like, all right, that that makes sense for that to happen. We should we should say <laughs> big spoiler alert if you have not watched it. How did you feel about the last episode? It was okay. So the the first two episodes, obviously, you know, it's like the up. last season. Very obviously that they're setting everything up. Like this is, the, did they say how many shows this season's gonna be? It's gonna be eight. Really? Or six? That's short. No, I think it's six. Yeah, yeah. That's well, really this is short. supposed to be like every episode after this is eighty minutes. Oh, that's right. I the forget. next episode. I mean, the next episode is longer than uh, the battle in game in uh, Lord of the Rings. So yeah, it's gonna like set some TV yeah. record for the longest that's TV a, battle. No, it's setting like film and TV record. Shit, because it's eighty minutes of just. And it's gonna be two episodes of that, just fucking yeah. bloodbath. I mean, I don't know. It's gonna be interesting. I don't know who's gonna die. I don't know. Like, that's the other thing. I was like, I'm just, at this point, I'm not attached to anybody. It's gonna just gonna be like, oh, that sucks. They died. Yeah, I guess that's I, true. I'm more interested in how they're gonna die. Mm. What did you feel about the last episode? Did you like? It's just that more. I think with this last one, it was more about that. All right, cool. Like the fucking, you can hear them like knocking on death's door, kind of shit. So everybody's yeah. just like. Chilling out, trying to like get one like last drink in. Yeah. Or a bang. Or a bang. <laughs> Dude, my fucking girlfriend is obsessed <laughs> with Gendria. The the you know, the one true pairing, the OTP of uh Gendry and Arya. Yeah. She's like reading all this fan I'm like outing her, but she's like reading all this fan fiction and like oh, she's like, I can't yeah. get enough. When we were watching it, she was like, Oh my god. No, is this happening? It's happening. Because <laughs> she was like Tumblr era fan fiction. Dang. Like she used to read that shit to like, you know. I'm not that invested in the yeah. show. I'm, well, I, I I'm pretty it. invested. I read all the books. Really? Yeah. I, I, I listen to all the audiobooks. Yeah, I have not read one book. Yeah, they're they're pretty good for the most part. I mean, the fourth one was really not good. It was pretty bad. They introduced like characters that don't even matter from, from Dorne. Mm. That, like nobody even mm. gives a shit about. And then the fifth like one, a filler book. <laughs> yeah, and the fifth one, they Tyrion basically is still at uh in Marine. It's called the Marine Knot because he can't get out of it. Pretty much, George R. R. Martin is just stuck there. But yeah, I've read all the books, so I'm pretty invested. But the last season was garbage. I didn't like it. Eight season eight. I didn't like season eight. Yeah, it was a it lot of setup set to this one too. It just undid a lot of the expectations that Game of Thrones had set up. And that, like, they weren't going to do traditional story, like, But then is, isn't that where, like, it split off from the books, too? Yeah, well, that was, they were, like, an uncharted territory. Yeah. I mean, most of the previous season, too, was pretty new, too. But that one, for sure, was, like, completely. Because it was, like, Walking Dead. It's like, oh, we're going to take a left here. <sighs> yeah, Walking Dead, I can't, I don't know. That show <laughs> fucking. That was dumb. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, anything that you've been reading, watching, that you... Have enjoyed and uh, want to share with the folks. Of course, watching Victor and Valentino. Uh, I've been catching up on uh, We Bear Bears just because the the seasons are on Netflix and on Hulu. And um, in terms of like what I'm binging now or watching, for sure, 
and we talked about this too, uh, watching season two of uh, One Punch Man. Nice. Because that's coming out. One Punch! Um, I'm a regular wrestling fan, so. Really? Uh, man. <laughs> I didn't know that. Really? I thought that was pretty obvious. I mean, I feel like it was like. Uh, to me, it seems So I feel obvious. in the 90s, late 90s, everyone was like the biggest fan. And then pretty recently, everyone was just like, I've never not been a fan. <laughs> like, even people were just like, I got over it. Like, because I feel like I, I had friends that were just like, yeah, I don't watch anymore. And then, like, last year, two years two years ago, I'm just like, oh, you still watch that? And they're like, I've never not been a fan. I'm just like, oh, okay. But you didn't answer my question. Are you still watching it? <laughs> I've never watched like, it. No. Well, for me, um, and most people don't know this, is um, when I was in Mexico, uh, my dad was a luchador. He was a Mexican luchador down there. Oh. So we, he would have kept doing it, except he got hurt. And because I was in the picture, that means he had to get a real job. <laughs> so I grew up with it. I still have like faint memories of like being out there in like the, the uh, fucking arenas and watching wrestling. So I I never ever not been watching wrestling. Okay. It's either like watching like wrestling from Mexico, or, and then and then when I got here. Uh, like straight up, all up in like WWFs, WWEs, okay. like Jock. So for me, I I still watch it. I mean, I went out of my way to go watch WrestleMania two weeks ago. Oh, okay. So I'm like pretty caught up in like all the storylines, and now more so than ever because I'm an adult with a job and expendable income. Do you do <laughs> like the Japanese? Yes, yeah. So I, I'm like you know I expanded my my boundaries of. You know, more independent wrestling, yeah. overseas wrestling. I, can, yeah, I hear like that's where it's going. Because one of my friends, the the guy who I started the podcast with, he went to like that long-awaited Japanese. New Japan Pro Wrestling. That dude. It was like a white dude. Another guy who had like a rivalry. And there yeah, was, like, a Okada and Omega. And then they had it here at Kelsey Long Beach. Yep. He went to that. Yep. And he's like a big fan. But yeah, I've, I've heard that on. like alternative wrestling. is. So, I mean, it's a good time to be a wrestling fan. Not only because it's it's just in popularity again, it's a good thing to watch. It's just you have way more options because of social media and the internet. Yeah. So there's a lot of indie, indie shows out there, indie companies, you know, that are very local. There's a bunch here in L.A. I'll go see bar wrestling. Yeah. Um, there's the Fuerza Mexicana Lucha Libre, the FMLL. Nice. It's it's just a good time I to f- be a wrestling fan. Is Do you feel like wrestling escapes like the PC culture? Shit? Never. That's, what, that, that's the bread and butter of fucking wrestling. The so nationalism, PC. the racism, yeah, right? the stupid ass trope. Because I feel like Vince McMahon has gotten away with saying <laughs> the N-word a lot. In the 90s, and like they were doing blackface, literal blackface. Yeah. There's one scene, well, I mean, not a scene, but like there's one clip of Vince McMahon, you know, just flat out saying the N-word. Yeah, yeah. And then like in front of a like Booker T. Yeah. <laughs> He got away with it pretty clearly. Yeah, I mean, he didn't get away with it in my book, but it's like that kind of stupid ass shit where like the WWE thinks they're untouchable, but uh, because of, you know, all this new found energy from like a bunch of different folks, it's really chipping away at their like power. They're basically a fucking monopoly. Cuz there's right now there's the storyline is there's this one foo who like a champion is the main guy but no one likes him, right? Like oh, that him. was Brock Lesnar. He lost at WrestleMania. No, no, no. There's some other dude with long hair that like everybody boos him. Nobody it's likes John him. John Cena? Oh, you're talking about Roman Reigns. I think so. He got he, champion as like the new guy, like the it guy. He's been so that he's been trying to get forced down the people's throat. But no one likes that fool, right? But nobody wants to be told who to like. Yeah. I don't like him. As a character, I fucking hate his guts. 
But as a genuine like person, I think he's all right. Yeah, he's also the Rock's cousin, so he has that family link. Uh, okay. So it's like, oh, yeah, he looks like, like he's Polynesian. Samoan. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So there is there's actually a clip where you can like look it up where there's it's a WrestleMania. He won, and the Rock is holding up his hand, trying to like put him over, mm-hmm. and then like the Rock is like, what the fuck? Everybody's booing him. <laughs> <laughs> like you can generally see his face, like his eyebrow raises, like. Uh, nobody's cheering this fool. I think one of the best things I heard about wrestling recently is like the the KFEB video that fucking uh, Wisecrack did. Oh, about like what Trump does. And, yeah, like, all his shit dude, is just that's K-fab. a great video. Yeah, was, did you watch it? I, I fucking I subscribed to Wisecrack. So dude. so what Cecil was referring to with KFEB is uh, in wrestling, that's the term used for people not breaking their character, no matter where they go. So whether they're uh, at a show, if they're on TV or whatever, they're always on. Right. So back in the day that that was the golden rule. You were always in your character. You were always kayfabe. So no matter what, if you were like at the mall and like some fan came up to you, if you were, you know, an asshole in your character, then you were an asshole to them. Yeah. You know, right there. And with that Wisecrack video, which I would recommend folks watch it because it's a good commentary and analysis and comparison of how. Trump is a fucking actor. He's just faking yeah. and bullshitting his way through everything, which should be pretty obvious to most folks. And you know, under the the context and like the the lens of wrestling, you can see it even way more easier. Yeah, especially because he's been on fucking. He's WWE. been on reality TV and all this yeah. other bullshit, so he knows how to spin shit. But yeah, that's I'm, I've never been into wrestling, but I I have like a casual interest because I know people who watch it. Yeah, me. <laughs> um, and my, my other friend who likes the, the Japanese. Yeah, I'm, I'm one of those folks. I'll go out of my way to go see a show. I really enjoy the indie stuff because that's where, you know, folks are paying their dues and they're just yeah. grinding it out. And it's, you know, maybe a show with like 20, 30 people, but they're out there thinking it's like fucking 10,000. Well, the wrestler, I think, kind of speaks to the darkness. Of, oh, like, the being, movie? Yeah, yeah. Well, that was based on like a loosely on a documentary, Beyond oh, the Mat. Okay. In the doc- yeah, dude, you, it's, it's so fucked up. It's, it's an old documentary, and if you think that movie's fucked up, the documentary like puts you over the top. Really? Because the the character that what's his face is playing, Nicky Rourke. Yeah, um, they kind of unofficially go off Jake the Snake Roberts. Because oh. in the documentary Beyond the Mat, they're following him, and Jake the Snake is you know at one point he was in the WWF in the eighties, top of the bill, making bank, and now he's like fucking drug addict. He's hurt doesn't have health insurance he has a shitty relationship with his family and his kids and he's working like these wrestling shows in the gym so he's like completely like rock bottom did you watch that john oliver piece on it yeah that was that was also a fucking good takedown yeah and i think that's the other thing too is especially for me too is that we don't realize like the industry and like how it works and to me like when i found out a couple of years ago that fucking wrestlers are independent contractors i was like fuck well, what's his fa- i know everybody liked that um the guy who went to ufc not lesnar the skinnier guy cm punk cm punk like everybody liked that guy because he was he spoke he spoke it like he broke the fourth wall yeah. yeah um yeah it's it's weird i've never talked about wrestling on this <laughs> podcast but like there's a lot there's a lot of like cultural significance i mean for me as a kid i was just as soon as i found out it was fake i was just like i can't it's too I, I know that's a trope <laughs> i know that's a meme i know like everybody don't like, get me started whatever like I don't, it's not about I, I just never got into it it's so a show I, I man it's a it. that's my novella that's the easiest thing i can mm. tell people that's my soap opera i think the the closest thing i have to a novella is like 
well, me and me and my friend Santos will watch Jersey Shore once in a while. Nah, I, I can't do Jersey Shore anymore. I mean, it's not that much. I saw different. the first season. I was like, oh my god, this is a train wreck. I, I was in college when I watched it. Because I, <laughs> I, I didn't really do reality TV that much. I did like I Dude, love New my, York. My dream was to be in the real world. Really? Yeah. To be the crazy Mexican where I would cuss, curse out my roommates in Spanish and then they would have to like put subtitles. <laughs> and then my roommates would be like, Eric's cursing in Spanish again. <laughs> what is he saying? <laughs> Speak English. That's that's great. I still want to be in the real world. Well, anyways, I think that's... Is there anything else? Wait, I didn't even talk about what I've been watching. I've been watching... What the fuck did I watch? I guess Game of Thrones. Avengers tomorrow. Are you gonna watch tomorrow? Uh, I'm gonna go on Saturday. How do you f- how do you feel about it? It's, it's climax. Let's see what what how they wrap this up. I'm not too excited because I I, I really liked Infinity War, but it felt cheap because I know they're gonna reverse everything. Yeah, it's it like was... that. Did you ever watch that Death of Superman video by? Uh, I know he's like canceled now because he he got like some a Max Ben Max Landis. He did like a Death of Superman video talking about the comic and how like that comic was the death of death of superheroes because superheroes never died anymore. So basically every superhero because as soon as Superman. Yeah. As soon as soon as Superman died, they brought him back to life. I mean, not right away. And I mean, yeah, the last it, thing it was, that happened was, too. But was, they knew they were going to bring him back. So come it, on, it I think we all feel... know that. And that just happened again with Wolverine. Yeah, D- he came back already. Yeah, it's actually yeah. to me, I'm more fascinated in terms of how they explain their way out of this shit. <laughs> did Dak and did Dak and never come back? His son? Uh, he's still around. He's Are not you fucking serious. He's not like active in anything right now, but he's still around. It's 23. I'm reading was, her book right now. That was one of my favorite moments in Uncanny X Force. Because okay, so you can't really kill a regenerative mutant or whatever, right? So not that easily, no. So what he did and what the writer had figured out, which I thought was really clever, he drowned him. Because mm-hmm. when you drown him, you can't like regenerate anymore. So basically, I mean, this is a sport. This is kind of niche. No one's gonna read this. It's a, it's a few years already. <laughs> so Uncanny X Force, Wolverine kills his own son. He drowns him. And it was like really fucked up because you're like, oh shit, like he he killed his own son. And like, it was always kind of like that fucked up relationship where Dak and I always wanted to kill Wolverine. Mm-hmm. But it was like a big deal to me because no one had ever killed like a regenerative mutant before. So it was like, not only like, it's pretty dope. Usually, like, I have this special object that will not let you regenerate. Exactly. Like the, the D, D power machine or whatever like something it, like it, that well they'll use a trope and like then they'll be like oh now you're vulnerable wow yeah but yeah so that video i feel like killed the death of superheroes which sucks because like i get it they're not gonna get rid of ip and they're never gonna like gonna let people actually die but there are a few instances where people actually die like ultimate spider-man the peter parker in that universe never came back ever. he did did he really he came back in the miles morales book when? Before, like, the ultimate line ended. You're fucking lying. I'm not, because I was reading the Michaels book. How did he come back? Uh, so it turns out they just survived, him and the Green Goblin. And then instead of, like, That's coming back so fu- and, Dude, like, I, hearing up, I they, literally, they just kept it low-key. I literally cried when that when that book came out. Like, I re- reading that book, I cried because I'd read every single issue oh. of Ultimate Spider-Man. And like, I... Because the last thing he says is just, like, I did it. I protected you on me. Yeah. Like, he, he says... I, he, he talks to Uncle Ben. He's like, I did it. I protected on me. And May. then you see them walking away. And then he dies. 
And then I was just like, oh, shit. Like, that was really impactful. That's so fucking stupid, it's, man. I mean, and then I think they did it, too, because the, the ultimate line was, like, coming to an end. Yeah. I mean, it, it... And then they went overboard with, like, the X-Men with, like, Magneto killing off a bunch of people. <laughs> oh, that was ultimatum. That was just yeah. ridiculous. Where, like, he, he switched the the magnetic Pull, poles and, like... And shit. Yeah, Wolverine drowned in that, too, also. He never came back. Anyway, well, this, his this son podcast made it. is gone. What was that? <laughs> his son made it. <laughs> That's true. No, his, like, ultimate universe son. Oh, did he? Yeah, he's in like the mainstream uh, continuity oh now. God. He's part of the X Men for a minute. I just bought the uh, Age of X Age of X Men. The new oh, movie. the old ones? No, no, Age of X Men. The new. Oh, the new run that they're doing right now. Dude, I don't. I don't read any. Of I heard it's books. good. One of the people from Shop Card Quest recommended it. Mm. Andrew, the. Oh yeah, with the beard. Yeah, yeah. He's also a wrestling fan. Oh okay. Anyway, I like I run into him there. We always talk I like wrestling. He was cool. We talked about like Comics Gate. Yeah, which was dumb. It's like <laughs> it's uh, what's it called? The fucking the backlash gamer of gay, gamer white gay, people, but like the comic version. Anyway, this this we've we've talked enough. <laughs> Everything about Victor I, I, Valentino. We might even cut all this shit out. But I don't even know. <laughs> we'll condense it to like the good bits, the, well, the wrestling I mean, bits. I had a good time. I I rarely get to talk to anybody about the shit I like. So yeah, man, that's cool. We should. I mean, whenever you see something you you want to talk about. Any TV show, I'll, I'll come over and we'll just. What is there? Which, well, no, yeah, you said you already did one by One Punch Man season two. Yeah, well, no, we don't do. We just do season one. Season one, one, the first season. Yeah, but I mean, there's so much coming out. Watchmen's coming out. Oh, the HBO show, yeah, Dude, it's gonna be fucking good. I've been reading. I'm a, I'm like a, I'm low key like a Damon Lindelof stand because I've seen everything he's done. Mm, the last thing I read from him was Ultimate Hulk versus Wolverine. Oh, that wasn't. It wasn't great, but I mean, like TV, like oh, with the, Lost and like everything is done. The the HBO one with uh, Justin Thoreau, what's that called? The one where the people disappear. Westworld. No. Why the fuck am I forgetting the one where the people like two percent of the world disappears? The Chosen. No, 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 no. I'm gonna be mad that I can't remember. The Leftovers. Oh right, that was his show, and then he did like. Uh, Prometheus, which I know everybody hates, but I kind of I like, didn't watch that one. But yeah, he's doing that, and it's it's not going to be in the eighties, so it's no. It's so like from what I've read, thing. it's they're gonna basically jump off the history of Watchmen. Yeah, well, we can do that. That's coming soon at some time. Mm-hmm. Did you read the Boys? That's uh, being made into a TV show. That's Neil Gaiman, isn't it? That's Garth Ennis, preacher. Oh, that's right. There's so much to keep up with. I love that that comic. It was really fucking raunchy. It was really fucked up. Have you read his other stuff too? I mean, that's where I jumped on with him. Everything he's done. It was with Preacher. Preacher. I read Preacher. I read uh, His Punisher. The Boys. His Punisher. I've read pretty much all his Cross. Did you ever read that? Mm -hmm. That's the most demented fucking shit. (laughs) It's literally just like there's a virus of violence and people just kill each other. It's not like that Mark Wahlberg movie. No, no, no. (laughs) Shamanian. Um, but yeah but yeah we'll, i'll have you on we'll we'll talk about some other nerd shit yeah i consume a lot of like pop culture and media same yet i'm always starved to talk about it so yeah that's, well, that's what me and my girlfriend we just like chat that's I mean, basically this is what this podcast me. is now it's just like me talking to my friends it's just i just record it yeah <laughs> same I mean, that's what i said on, on your on your podcast cross podcast promotion <laughs> anyway thanks for listening rate us on 
what do you do? iTunes? iTunes, on iTunes or whatever. Stitcher, Google Music, Google Podcasts. Tell people about us. And Blast it. That's it. Peace. Peace. Peace.